Hey, it's Cody, and this is the uh, podcast called That I May See. Um, If you're new to the podcast, if you just started listening uh, for the first time, the reason uh, we call it That I May See is because in Psalm 119, one of the things the psalmist prays and says is, uh, God, give me eyes so that I may see wonderful things in your word. We need that. Sometimes we struggle to see wonderful things in God's word. We need to pray to him say, God, show me these wonderful things. Help me to see the treasure in your word. Um, and sometimes we struggle with thinking the Bible's boring or just struggling and maybe a dry season with reading scripture. And so I hope this um, this podcast is an encouragement to you in that. And that's why I call it That I May, that I may See. But uh, before we get into the episode about Deuteronomy, I have an announcement to make. Um, when I did an episode on Exodus... I had a guest on. Her name is Miriam Boone, and uh, people absolutely loved that episode. Um, people who were not following Jesus who listened to that episode were like, man, Miriam has some amazing insight in Scripture. And, and that was just such an encouragement to me, and not just for that reason, but um, I, I love talking with her about the Bible, about Scripture. Uh, when I worked with her at One Hope and at Springs of Grace, one of the things we often did that may not have been the most productive thing to do when working for a nonprofit in church is we would just, um, sometimes we would just quit what we were doing and go over to each other's desk and just talk about the Bible and, and cool things that we were seeing in Scripture that week or that day. Um, or just how to interpret something that was hard to, to, uh, to digest in Scripture. And so she's just always been one of my one of my best friends especially when it comes to talking about scripture and she is absolutely my favorite theologian and if you don't know anything about Miriam she has her MLIT uh, degree from the University of St. Andrews and the reason I say that is because uh, Miriam works in an urban ministry nonprofit that deals with uh, trauma-based solutions when it comes to those who've experienced trauma. Um, and in, in, in ACEs, which is adverse childhood experiences, and uh, the notion of resilience when it comes to children, when it comes to people who've experienced just horrific things in their, in their life. And she uses scripture to intersect with that, uh, with the trauma-responsive way of doing ministry. And she, uh, you know, if, if you know anything about theological education, or if you're very well versed in different institutions and seminaries and grad schools, then one of the schools that is like towards the top is the University of St. Andrews. And Miriam could be doing so many things with her degree, and as I'm sure she will continue to do in the future. Um, but right now, she's using her MLIT in practical theology, that's what her degree is in, to work with vulnerable people, to work with women who've been abused, to work with kids who, exp- who have adverse childhood experiences, to work with those who are dealing with intense amount of, amounts of trauma, and really just bringing the love of God into their life and her education and her biblical worldview um, into that to help them. And I just think that's so amazing about her is that uh, she, she could be off teaching somewhere at a university. And, and knowing her, she probably will one day. <laughs> But uh, right now she's just, she, she's doing the groundwork of hard 
yet rewarding ministry. And that's one thing I just respect about her so much. Um, but, sorry it took me so long to get this, but she is going to be my co-host. That's the announcement. That's amazing. She's going to be my co-host uh, on the That I May See podcast. And here's what that means. It means that she won't just be a guest. She will have creative control to some degree, uh, just as much as I do over the podcast and the direction that we go in, uh, ideas, trajectories that we want to go in. Uh, this podcast will be just as much hers as it is mine. And, uh, and I'm so excited about that because I think you guys would be more blessed to hear from both of us than just me. And, uh, and I can't wait for you to hear this episode. She just does such a good job of interpreting scripture and applying it to the modern context. Um, and, and I just, I hope you enjoy this episode, but yeah, just be, uh, be on the lookout. Uh, th- this is the That I May See podcast with, with Cody and Miriam. So yeah, hope you enjoy. Hello. What's hello. up? Miriam, what's going down? Not much. Um, it's good to talk to you. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Doing well. Oh, man. <clears throat> oh, man. How's One Hope? Things are things are going well. Um, yeah, we, we are um, enjoying the fact that we actually have some good weather right now in Tulsa. So <laughs> trying oh, to take advantage so. of the last good good weather days that we have. Yeah, that's kind of how it is in Nashville. The weather's well, <coughs> weather in Nashville and usually Tulsa are pretty much the same. Hmm, interesting. But uh, but yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's gonna be rough when uh, when it starts <coughs> to get cold with COVID. So yes, it's gonna be very difficult to basically do anything uh, church wise, program wise. So yeah, yeah, it's totally so hard. That. Yeah. Um, yeah, but can, yeah, we so can we're going to go stay in... inside and read our Bibles. That's right. That's <laughs> right. We can just record an episode a day, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, that'd be too much. Too much for me, at least. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's go ahead and let's get into it. So this episode, we'll be um, talking about seeing wonderful things uh, in the book of Deuteronomy. And just to kind of give the context and and Miriam can uh, can fill in those gaps a little bit, too. But um, Moses and... Israel, they're about to enter the promised land. Well, Moses actually isn't going to enter. He's going to stay back. Hmm. Um, But Deuteronomy is basically this long sermon that he preaches. And and basically the big takeaways are for the people of God to remember what uh, God has done for them and what he's brought them through, to not lose sight of of who he is as they enter into a season of uh, prosperity. Um. And so we're just going to talk about just a few things, uh, a few wonderful things that we see in this mm. book that that Moses points out for us. Um, Miriam, would you would you start us off? Yeah, for sure. I <clears throat> I love that you said that this is basically a sermon where he's calling them to remember, and mm-hmm. we see throughout Deuteronomy he'll say, "Don't forget, like don't forget the Lord That's your right. God." And right. I think it's worth remembering and re- kind of reminding ourselves that. We are a people who are so prone to forget <clears throat> our own mm-hmm. story. And right. what's interesting about these sermons is that 
the the way he starts out the book of Deuteronomy, the way he kind of starts out the sermon, is by telling their story back to them and mm-hmm. essentially saying, like, this is a story of God's love. And Amen. when we can remember our own story and look <clears throat> back and see our own history as like a story of God's love for us, that's mm-hmm. so transformative for the way we're going to live. And I just think that sometimes we get in this mode, like I can just do this with my kids, with myself, where I'm like, Mm -hmm. here's the commands I need to obey. And there are commands that I need to obey, but before the commands is like a God who loves me. Mm -hmm. And we cannot understand the commands of God without understanding the love of God. Mm. And I just feel like he Mm -hmm. brings that home and in the way he just opens this and says, like, you know, you saw in the wilderness how the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son all the mm-hmm. way. And he he goes in, um, let's see, it's Deuteronomy 7, where he says, like, why did God set his heart on you and choose you? Not because there were so many of you or you were so awesome or even because there wasn't very many of you. But the mm-hmm. reason that God set his heart on you, the reason God chose you is because God loved you. And mm. I think it's just this story of how, like, at the beginning of your story, throughout your story, all the way in your story, you're going to frame it and understand it as a story about the love of God. And mm-hmm. I just think that's huge. Like, I think that Moses is saying to the Israelites, like, the thing at the bottom is God's love. And you mm. have to start there. Amen. And one of the things you brought out that was is really interesting to me in our modern context is the idea of remembering, right? Mm-hmm. And and God telling to them to remember. And when, when I hear that, one of the things I think of um, is, is kind of similar, right? So in, in the modern day, one of the big things that we're still having to fight against is racism, right? And mm-hmm. in America, our, our nation's yeah. history. And when it comes to slavery... One of the things I often hear from people who kind of are unempathetic towards it or mm-hmm. towards the, the issues is, right. you know, like, just forget it. Even how, like, why do you have to keep on bringing it up? But what God does to Israel is he tells them not just to remember what he's done. But he says, remember, you are slaves in Egypt mm-hmm. and how important it is to remember the ways in which God has freed us and liberated us. Because the thing is, if black people forget they were slaves, then we're, then we'll forget emancipation. Yeah. And, and we'll forget that that was God that there wasn't just Abraham Lincoln that did. There was God, right. right. It was his providence and, and, and him pushing that. And so hmm. I just think what Moses is saying is so important that it's so important for us today. And, and, and it's kind of, uh, uh, modern logic concerning race issues is kind of incoherent with what scripture is saying is like, look, mm-hmm. God isn't asking you to forget. Right. Um, but to remember, so you can see what he's done for you. And, um, Hey, that's, to... that's exactly how in, uh, in Deuteronomy five, where he recaps the 10 commandments, mm-hmm. he, st- he starts them out in uh, Deuteronomy five, verse six. And God, he, God said, I am Yahweh, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the place of slavery. 
do not have any other gods besides me. Do not make an idol mm. for yourself. So that's like that's the preface to the Ten Commandments. Mm. Is that's that right. God that's good. Is that God is a liberating God, and we mm-hmm. have to see God as the liberator in order to understand right. the Ten Commandments. So I think you're spot on. With oh, that. that's so good. And I think too that that speaks so much to sufferers mm. because. When you're a sufferer, God is not asking you to forget your pain, but actually to face it with him. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. So Amen. so it's not he's not saying, OK, forget that time you were abused or forget that time, you know, whatever has happened to you. But actually, actually remember that and see what mm-hmm. I've done in it and, mm-hmm. and how I've redeemed that and brought you out of that. And um, I think I mean, this is just speculation, but I think you know, these are things that we'll remember in heaven. We'll, we will remember mm-hmm. what it was like to live in a suffering world, which makes our time with God just, you know, more, even more sweet. Absolutely. Um, but one, one of the parts in Deuteronomy that I love, and, and, and I've preached on this before, and I mean, mm-hmm. you've talked about this before, but is in chapter 10. Yeah. And so <clears throat> at this point, okay. Moses has kind of been recapping their time since Egypt where God has brought mm-hmm. them, the wilderness, all these things, the way they've provoked God to wrath. And he says this in verse 12, he says, and now Israel, right? So he says, and now that I've told you all this, he says, what does the Lord require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and all of his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord, which I commanded you today for your good. Mm. Um, and one of the things I love about that is there's, um, there are five imperatives that you could kind of, if you kind of connected them, you could, they would be like branches shooting out of a tree, Mm -hmm. right? So he says, fear the Lord. Number one, walk in his ways. Number two, serve the Lord. Number three, um, keep his commandments and to love him. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so what's, I think what Moses is doing is, is actually a very, um, Hebraic way of conveying these truths is he is, if you read these imperatives in order, the one that you will find in the middle is love. Mm. And it's almost like love is the roots or the trunk, right? Yep. And then uh, all the branches are kind of uh, flowing out of that. So to serve him, mm, to fear him, to walk in his ways, to, to keep his commandments, that's actually what love looks like. And mm-hmm. you see that in First John, one of the things John says over and over again he says, this is the love of God to keep his commandments. Mm-hmm. And, and he gets that. I think, I think he's obviously, he's a Jew. He's getting that from Moses. Um, and uh, Miriam, I would love for you to kind of break down the ways in which um, he says to do that in the coming verses. Do you, do you remember what's yeah, going on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. It's just so good because he, I mean, I think in a lot of ways, you, you can't understand Deuteronomy without Exodus, right? And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're supposed to sort of read this, this story and understand, listen, as Moses has recounted Israel's story. And mm-hmm. it's the story of an oppressed people and the rescue that comes to them through God. And I think that that, that story kind of hangs in the background and, um, influences all of these things of how they're what kind of people they're supposed to be 
And that's what he says here is he says, you, God is a God who executes justice for the fatherless, mm. the widow. God loves the resident alien. Mm-hmm. God gives him food and clothing. And so you right. also love the resident alien. And so you also, right. he's going to go on talk about how we do justice because God is a God who does justice and he's done justice to us. He's, he's rescued us. He's liberated us. Like, and I think that this is what Jesus talks about in the gospels is he's like, God is making a family that looks like him. And so Israel was always supposed to be like Israel's talked about as the son of God. Israel's always was supposed to be children who looked like the father. And Mm. I think that story, that Exodus story, like if you, if you go back to that passage where he talks about the 10 commandments, you can see Mm -hmm. that shaping every single one of those commandments. Like, um, be careful to remember the Sabbath day. What's that about? (laughs) It's about the fact that God is nothing like Pharaoh. God is working you and exploiting you. I want you to rest. Why are we at, you know, 15, uh, verse 15. It's like, remember (laughs) that you Mm. were a slave and make sure you include everyone, including the slaves in this freedom and rest of God. And he talks about, sorry, not murdering, not committing adultery, not stealing, not giving dishonest testimony. Why? Well, because in God's kingdom, God's people are going to be like God and they're going to treat other people with dignity. And he's creating this whole covenant community where children are being called to act like their father. And that's why they need to hear the story. And God tells them, it's somewhere around here in Deuteronomy, um, forget which passage, but he literally tells them to tell the story over and over to their children. That's right. Yeah, it's Deuteronomy Deuteronomy 6. That's what's going to shape them. That's right. That's so good, too. And uh, one of the things I love about this um, this Deuteronomy 10 passage is when he says this, he says, um, verse 17, he says, For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God, who is not partial and takes no bribe. And that is something that should be significant to yeah. us as you know, modern-day Americans, but it's hard for us to grasp. But in the ancient world, one of the things that you would have realized very quickly growing up in a world uh, filled with different gods that different tribes worship is that you have to give them something, mm-hmm. right? You, you have to offer them something so that they will work in your favor. And if you're poor, this is especially bad news for you right. because often you had nothing to offer. You, you had no excess. You had no extra to give the gods. You only had the, the very little that could feed and sustain you. And so the ancient gods, even though they were false, in the culture, they did not look favorably on the poor. Mm. But the good news for the poor is that the God of the Bible does not take a bribe. Mm. And he's not partial which means he, he doesn't look upon the rich or the successful or, or even I think one of the ways in which our modern day um, that we try to bargain with God is with our obedience, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. We're like, okay, I may not have money, but if I just obey enough, yeah, then God has to do 
these things for me. And we try to put God in, in our debt so that he owes right. us and God won't have that. But that's actually good news. Yeah. It's good news for the poor. It's good news for all of us. You and I cannot twist God's right. arm and we don't have to. Because God doesn't love um, us because we are good. God loves us because that's right. he is good. And that's actually that's right. so free. It's, it's interesting mm-hmm. that you, um, you know, highlight that, that showing no partiality in God, because when Moses is talking about leadership at the beginning of Deuteronomy, mm-hmm. he kind of tells <clears throat> about what it was like for him to bear the responsibility of leading the people of Israel. And I, I think there's some, some wise words here for leaders. Because he, he describes mm. leading as bearing the troubles and burdens and disputes of the people. And wow. I, I read that and I thought, wow. Like, and yet, bearing the troubles and burdens of, and disputes of the people, not by yourself, but with others. Mm-hmm. In a way that mm-hmm. doesn't show any partiality. That isn't intimidated by power or threat. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love how there's just so much consistency in the way that God Mm. runs his world and wants his world to be run. It's it's like, hey, like, this is how I am. So this is how I want my people to be. And this is how I want leaders to act. Anytime we have power, it's not wrong to have power. But we ought to use our power the way God does. And I feel like that's kind of what that's Moses right. is, is talking about here, which is so cool. Oh, yeah, I love it. Yes. And, um, you know, what you pointed out, you see that again in Deuteronomy 16, mm-hmm. right? He says, um, verse 18, you shall appoint judges and officers in all your towns, mm-hmm. and that the Lord your God has given you according to your tribes, and they shall <clears throat> judge the people with righteous judgment. You shall not pervert mm-hmm. justice. You shall not show partiality. You shall not accept a bribe, for a bribe blinds the eyes of the wise and subverts the cause uh, of the righteous. And I love this. It's just so clear. He says justice and only justice hmm. you shall follow. So good. Um, that you may live and inherit the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And, and I love that because, you know, we live in a world of like, I mean, you know, this mirror, like we have a system that where it's legal mm-hmm. to bribe in our politics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's called lobbying. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And, and political action committees and, and stuff like that. And I'm not trying to get too political here, but it's just like we live in a world where it is okay to to sway somebody with the resources mm-hmm. that you have. And God says it will not be that way among the king, among those in the mm. kingdom. And um, you see that similar thought with Jesus, yeah. right? Or, you know, he says these these rulers, they lord their authority over people, but it must not be so mm. among you. Absolutely. Um, and so, and yeah, I that's so that, good. I We're think gonna, that, go like, you know, when we hear God, God is impartial or doesn't show partiality, he doesn't take a bribe or, you know, that that's what we're supposed to do. I think what we can hear in that is we can sometimes think, mm-hmm. oh, he's saying treat everyone equally. And... I think that's kind of a little bit of our privileged ears kind of hearing it that way. Because like you brought out earlier, if 
I have a lot of money and connections and resources and someone else has none of those things. And we both walk into a courtroom and the judge says, Mm -hmm. I am not going to take bribes. That's bad news for Mm me as the person who's got all the resources. Mm -hmm. And that is amazing news for the person who has none. And so I think we really have to hear what God's saying when he says that. Of he's saying, like, you are not going to be second place in the kingdom of God if you are a minority or you are a woman Mm. or you are poor or Mm -hmm. you are disabled. Like, God is going to treat you with dignity and with respect. And he is Mm. not going to be a slave to greed that runs runs the rest of the world you know Mm. that's so good and i I love you brought out something really about equality and i think uh, what because we have such a weird view of equality in america i think one of the things we miss that i think is biblical is this idea of equity yeah right that equity is different than equality i heard one time someone describe it this way they basically said Equality is that everyone gets shoes, right? But equity is that everyone gets shoes mm-hmm. that fit. That's so good. And, and so one of the things you see in Scripture, especially I think you see in the Old Testament and some of the laws, is you see God will deal with people in different ways according to their right. need, right? I think, it, you know, one of the ways that we saw equality uh, in these pa- in the past year, but not equity is the stimulus check. That's a great example. Right? Um, that's equality. Right. But it's not equity, right? It's not meeting people based on their need. It's basically giving everyone the exact same thing. But the thing is, the human condition and plight is just more complicated than that. Yeah. You know, you know, Miriam, your family needs different right. things than my Absolutely. family does, and and I think that's why God He really deals in equity. Um, among humanity, not just equality. Mm. And uh, I just think you see that so clearly in scripture, uh, seeing the way he treats the widow and the orphan uh, and the sojourner. You know, right, there's um, all these laws to protect yeah. those people because they need protection. That's right. Not, you know, sometimes people are like, well, right. are you saying they're more important? No, we're saying God says they need protection so they will get it from God. That's right. They're more vulnerable. Uh, you right. know, I love um, kind of wrapping up here the blessing that Moses closes with. Um, there, there's a lot here, but there's one verse I wanted to talk about because this blessing kind of shows up in this poetic form. And it's really interesting when you mm-hmm. run into poetry in the Bible because um, I heard one guy said poetry, he basically said poetry is not just a fancier way to say what needs to be said. Poetry in the Bible is like hmm. the only way to say what he <clears throat> said. So if you see a poem in the Bible, you got to realize like this isn't just kind hmm. of an odd way of putting something that needed to be communicated. A poem was actually the best way to communicate what God's trying to say. And one of the things we hmm. see in poetry is this heavy emphasis on images because images have a way okay. of sticking with us and kind of yeah, they just roll around in your mind. You kind of hang on to them in ways maybe you don't other types of writing. And there's this image at the end of chapter 33, verse 27, where Moses mm. says, the God of old is your dwelling place. He's your home. 
and underneath are the everlasting arms. And I, Hmm. someone read me that verse, or maybe I read it. I don't remember when I was pretty young. Um, I think I was like nine or 10 years old. And I remember I would lay in bed at night as a kid and think about, you know, you're, you're a kid and you, you get scared about different things at night. It's like all the worries just mm-hmm. come running out. And I would picture the arms of God just underneath me, underneath my house, underneath the world. Mm. And it was this image that just has been so precious to me throughout my life of this idea that God's arms are underneath everything. Because when you are Amen. in a place of pain, you feel like you are falling and there is going to be no bottom. And Hmm. God says, no, you will never fall so far that what you find at the bottom won't still be the love of God. And I just, I think that those, those images are just so precious. Oh, (laughs) Miriam's preaching. She is preaching. I love it. That's so good. That's so good. Well, I kind of want to end it here, but Miriam, thank you so much for, for joining me again. And, uh, I always, I always love your thoughts. I always love bouncing off some of the things you say, cause I always, I always trigger things in me that I'm like, Oh, this is, you know, you're just really good. Oh, to same, same. Talk to talk about scripture. Oh, I miss you brother. It's great but, to get to but talk yeah. to you. Yeah. I miss you too. Okay. Take I'll care, see you later. Bye. Okay. I hope you enjoyed that uh, that episode of That I May See, uh, Seeing Wonderful Things in Deuteronomy uh, with Miriam. Um, like I said, again, I'm so excited that she'll be uh, the co-host and that, that she'll be able to have ownership and, and uh, leadership and, and, and what we do with the podcast. Um, but, but reach out to us uh, on our social media platforms. Um, you can find me at, uh, I think it's Q underscore Balfour on Twitter. Uh, on Facebook and, and Instagram, I'm, I'm Cody Balfour, and on Miriam, uh, basically I think on all her social media uh, outlets are it's Headington Hill, and uh, just reach out to us if you have any questions about Scripture and um, or or just anything you would love to add to some of the things that we've said. We'd love to hear from you. Um, but yeah, we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.